the All Things Productivity podcast, discussing all things productivity, interviews and chat, all helping you turn chaos into control. Now, welcome your hosts, David and Maria. Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Things Productivity podcast. Welcome, Maria. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not bad. How are you? Excellent. Good, good, good. Well, I'm really excited because we have our first, I would have said, proper, proper, proper productivity expert on our productivity podcast. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. He's pretty renowned. Um, on the show today, we've got uh, Craig Jarrow from Time Management Ninja. Uh, he writes an amazing blog filled full of helpful resources to help you get more done. He writes about time management, productivity, and goal setting, and shares new technology tools that he's uh, he's testing at the minute, which I thought was quite in-depth and quite good. Um, the mission of his site is to help individuals and companies reclaim their time. He believes that the simplest answer brings the most effective result, as opposed to tricks that no one can implement, nor solutions that are too complex to be sustainable. Uh, on his website, he's actually quoted saying, if your time management system requires a flowchart, it's probably too complicated for everyone to use. My time management philosophy is about learning proper skills, habits, and tools that empower people to take control of their professional and personal lives. He seems to cover all grounds there in terms of time management and productivity, which is excellent. Um, and in the interview, we talk about how he's been a fan of finding and utilizing things and methods to help him be more productive from an early age. Um, it's quite clear from... Uh, how we got him uh he's it's a passion of his so yeah it's, yeah from the age of six yeah I think he said. quite anyway, an early we age we shouldn't spoil it anymore no absolutely not i hope you enjoy the podcast yeah enjoy speak soon so welcome to this week's episode of the all things productivity podcast and today i'm really excited to say we've got craig jarrow from Time Management Ninja. Craig, welcome. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Yes, I'm here as well. (laughs) (laughs) Maria is indeed here. So, Craig, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I'm sure many people will have read your blog. Um, Maybe it's worth, though, a quick introduction from yourself. Sure, sure. Thank you. And and hello to you as well, Maria. Hello. Yes, um, I've been uh, writing uh, on my time management blog. It, it, it's, you said it's called Time Management Ninja, so it's very easy to find, timemanagementninja.com. Um, I've been doing it for, I think, six six plus years now, and uh, I've written many, many articles on time management. Uh, productivity and goals are another favorite of mine to write about. And then I, I'm a big, uh, uh, I have a big passion for technology, so whether it's uh, iPhones or gadgets or whatever it may be, I, I tend to write about that. You know, anything that helps us uh, do things easier and quicker uh, is definitely uh, something that I like to write about. But uh, I've been a time management uh, aficionado for a long time, mostly my entire life, and uh, and uh, I just enjoy writing about it. So uh, I've, I've had fun doing my blog, and I've slowly grown a, a nice audience there. And uh, so please come check out my site. Yeah, no, absolutely. You'll you'll be excited like Maria is then for uh, the release of the new iPhone 6S? Yes, I have an appointment next Friday to go pick mine up. Nice. I'm getting mine next Friday as well delivered. It, I'm really excited because I've got a 4S at the minute and it's, uh, it's oh. on its last leg. So <laughs> I've been waiting patiently. <laughs> you're in for a real treat then I, if you're making that big of a jump. I think so as well, yeah. So Craig, um, question for you. So you say in your blog that, you know, time management has been a passion of yours all the way back to your early days at school. Is is there a particular memory or occasion 
Maria and I were talking about this, which, you know, which sticks out in your mind, which illustrates the statement, I guess. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, it, it really, the earliest memories I have of it were probably in, it was either middle school or early high school. Um, I, I got my hands on a Franklin Day Planner. And, uh, and I remember it was, it was bundled with some software they had released at the time, which was their first attempt at a, you know, an app to, uh, you know, for your computer to track your tasks as well. But I, it came with an audio series and I was obsessed. I don't know, right, right then and there with my Franklin Day Planner and Franklin, uh, Franklin was the predecessor to Franklin Covey. They later merged to become what they are today. But, uh, I think I listened to that audio tape, and yes, it was audio tapes, um, of Hiram Smith, who was the president uh, of the company at the time, uh, and you know, talk about everything from goal setting to planning and all that good stuff. And, and from that day on, I was I was hooked, and I carried my Franklin Day Planner, and and uh, from there, I you know, I graduated to Palm Pilots and everything else in between until we finally got to our uh, iPhones today. Um, but you a throughout big my entire user, go ahead. A big BlackBerry user. I am not a I am not a big BlackBerry user. Um, I, I somehow missed that whole wave uh, when Blackberries were popular. Um, I, I never I never owned a BlackBerry. I can I can say that I never owned a BlackBerry. Um, it was ironic they approached me. I think it was last year to try and get me to test their new devices. But uh, I'm I'm pretty well entrenched with the iPhone at this point. If you read my website, you're probably aware of that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It sounds like you kept it quite simple in a sense with the day planners and stuff for quite a long time. Um, and, you know, one thing that stands out to me from your blog and, you know, what you've just said there is that you're, it's almost like an, not an addiction, but like a, something that you can become quite attached to, like trying to find a new way to organize yourself or something like that. But if you've, you know, you found something that works, you've stuck with it for a long time and then you've naturally progressed to the iPhone and stuff like that. So it's, and you say you're always testing things like that. Is it something you're always going to continue to do or are you quite settled now? That, yeah, that, that's a great point and a great question there maria because i think that anybody who's you know passionate about time management you always want to try those new tools right so there's this balance between trying and testing and playing yes playing with (laughs) with new new gadgets and apps and then sticking with what's you know tried and true and what you know actually gets the work done um i'm a big believer in the simplest solution is usually the best solution really big on that and uh so many of these apps these days have become so big and bloated that, that they're not really usable. Um, it's also interesting to see how technology has replaced uh, our paper solutions. And I'm pretty much at the point where I very, I use very little paper for my, for my time management, but there's something to be said about a paper to-do list and the, the power of crossing something off with your pen or, you know, a paper moleskin notebook to take notes. So it still has a place in many people's toolkits, I think. But uh, yes, I'm always evolving. I'm always, you know, testing the new things and trying the new things, but I, I, tr- I do try to stick to, you know, one set of tools for what my everyday use. Excellent. Um, so was there a moment you thought you'd make a career out of teaching time management? Because, like, you know, all your blog articles, your guest posts and stuff like that, they're all very geared to being as informative as possible. Um, and why, why, why did you want to go down this route? Was it just a pure passion and uh, energy for this uh, genre of skills? Yes, I, I think it was, and I think I've already said the word passion about four times, but it, it is. It's a passion, and I think that if you're going to write or if you're going to blog or you're going to, you know, teach others, it has to be something that you enjoy, or else you know there's really not a, a, a motivation behind it. Um, I think I've always kind of taught it along the way. Um, you know, I've had different parts of my career, from the Navy to I worked for Home Depot for a while, 
things like that. But I was always kind of, you know, tutoring those that I could along the way, the people that worked for me or things like that. Um, no joke, I used to teach time management classes at those different companies just kind of on the side. And then at some point, it, it, you know, I think that the, the world changed with the Internet and everything else. And that was kind of the, the turning point for me in terms of I was like, wow, I can actually have a platform to reach others um, out there. And it, it, it actually I don't know if it's on my website, but it actually started as a book. I thought I was going to write a book about time management. And I wrote about 200 pages of different articles. And then I kind of realized as the blogging thing came around, I was like, this is a blog. This is a bunch of little articles is much more than it was even a book. So that's that's kind of where I got my start, and that was uh, about six years ago. And since then, I've just been writing and writing and writing on the blog. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, you can reach people across the ocean and on different continents, and it's, it's a, a different world these days. And so I, my, my ability to write and reach others is, is, is great. Craig, one of the questions that uh, when we were doing our research, getting a bit more information on you, um, you know, we're big fans of the blog and support you and all the work you do in terms of sort of, you know, taking your contents and, you know, uh, curating them, posting them on social media. One of the things that I loved was when we sort of delved a bit deeper was how did the website, the blog become Time Management Ninja? And there's quite a cool story behind that. Um, yes. Are you referring, are you asking me how, how the original? Yeah, no, I think it'd be good for the listeners to hear. Okay. Um, yes, I'll, I'll open up about that. Um, there were a couple things that was kind of the genesis of that. Um, um, the, the website itself, as I was mentioning, kind of came from a book idea and, uh, I was participating in a writing contest, uh, which is still out there. It's on the internet called NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. And I decided to write a nonfiction book about time management. And as I was alluding to, I wrote couple hundred pages of material and then that became the blog um and then people also often ask me about uh the time management ninja name and where that came from and uh believe it or not it actually came from my son who was was very young at the time and and uh as a toddler he used to always jump off the furniture and i used to call him the little ninja and so that's kind of where that name came from so i you know kind of got that name i had the material and i started writing the blog and uh it's really stuck and people People remember the name. I know. I know that the word ninja has been used in many, many, many industries at this point. But time management ninja has really stuck, and I've, I've got my little ninja logo as well. And so people remember the name. They remember the icon, and so it's it's done very well for me. Yeah, well, that's good. So, Craig, why why is time management such a hot button topic in your eyes? Why why are there so many blogs, so many productivity tools and apps? Why is everyone obsessed with it? it yes, it's it's it. it, it it's always kind of been that hot button topic. And it's interesting because in recent years, you've seen both. You've seen the explosion of writing about it. And then there's also been this little backlash about people saying, you know, you can't manage your time and time management is an old topic. But really, time management is a timeless topic. It, 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 it's always been there, right? You know, even before we had our iPhones and the Internet and Netflix and everything else, it was it was it was always there. And, and so I think that the reason it's such a hot button topic is that it affects everyone. You know, everyone has the same amount of time in the day. We all have a certain amount of time in our lives. And so it's all about, you know, everyone trying to manage their life and manage their time and, you know, trying to accomplish the things they want to do. So it's it's a timeless, evergreen topic that's always applicable and it affects everyone. So that's why I think it's it's such a popular topic. And then I think that uh, recent, you know, the recent developments of technology and how our world has changed in terms of being able to communicate. Um, I mean, look how we're talking right now across across the sea here and on Skype. Um, 
it, it's changed how we're reachable and it's changed our lives. And, you know, people walk around and stare at their phones all day. Um, but there's so much more complexity in our world. And I think that that is driving a lot of the interest in productivity and time management. Again, how do you get more, how are you more productive using technology? But at the same point, how do you deal with the complexity of the world where you're being bombarded with emails and instant messages and tweets and Facebook and constant updates? So I, I think that, you know, again, it affects everyone and, and the changing complexity of, of technology has really kind of driven this back to the forefront as people are tired of being overwhelmed. Um, and, you know, they thought technology was going to be the great savior, but at the same point, it brings so much more distraction. Oh, that's such a great point. It is. It's, I mean, why I'm so interested in time management is because I want to get the most out of my time out there because there's so many time sucks. So you need to, you really do need to take hold of it and make sure you own it. Let, don't let that, let, don't let it own you. Right, right. <laughs> I could have said that a bit better. Um, no, I, I think that was very well said. And, and I think that that's something that, do you own the technology or does it own you? And, and you know, so many people are concerned about, like, for example, is, is your phone a, is it, if, to me, is, is it a leash? Does it keep you at your job 24-7? Or is it an enabler that lets you work when and where you want? So I think there's a distinction there. I think you, you hit it right there, Maria. Mm-hmm. That's the crux. Um, so... More generally speaking, uh, quite a personal one, but as a time management guru, as I would totally deem you as, uh, do you find it easy to stay organized? Do you have a particular routine in place that helps you get things done? Mm. Do you want my answer or my wife's answer? <laughs> Whichever's the best. <laughs> it was both. Well, I think she, I think she would, uh, she, she might have some uh, rebuttal here. But um, I mean, obviously, we all have our challenges to stay organized and to stay on on task. Um, I definitely am, I don't claim to be the, the most organized person on the planet, but that's the whole point is that you're always striving to do better, striving to be, um, for me, it's about doing more with less effort. You know, it's that efficiency factor. Um, and so, yeah, did you, did you start to ask me about my routine? Is that what you said, Maria? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have one in place or, you know, cause we've, we've talked, I quite yes. like talking about routines cause I find them fascinating cause you know, you've got, you know, we've talked about in an early episode, Benjamin Franklin's amazing routine and there's loads of mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. highly creative people and, you know, um, monumental yes. people in the world who've had excellent routines. And, you know, I just find it interesting. I <laughs> okay. don't know what the well, listeners I, think, but I love it. <laughs> I, I will share my, my routine and, and my routine is definitely my morning routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very disciplined in terms of it pretty much, ha- much happens almost every day, if not six days a week, um, which is I get up at 4 a.m. and I start my day at 4 a.m. And that's usually my quiet time, my planning time. Um, that's when I do my writing. That's when I do my best creative work. Uh, is it that early hour? Um, I do have kids. So again, it's a great time. Um, it's interesting. I think a lot of parents uh, start to reclaim the morning hours when the kids are still asleep. But I'll do my writing then. I'll do my planning and looking at my day and prioritizing. And then, believe it or not, that's also when I do my workout. That's when I'll hit the gym. Um, so usually, you know, between four and five, I'm writing, I'm planning. By five, I'm usually at the gym. And then by six, I'm back and probably doing some more planning and writing. And then by the kids, time the kids are up at seven, I've already had three productive hours. And uh, I do that every day. And, and it's become such a routine that I almost don't need to set an alarm clock. I just kind of wake up at that time and start into my morning routine. And, and for me, it's such a powerful thing to leap into your day and have that head start. I mean, by the time I've, you know, gotten to an office or something like that, I've already gotten a lot of the most important stuff done for the day. 
That's amazing, Craig. I mean, your routine is pretty much exactly like Maria and I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you have set the bar so high. It is unbelievable. I thought Richard Tubb had the, uh, the, he was on a few weeks ago and his routine, you know, he's cooking eggs and he's, you know, he's going to, t- but that's amazing, 4 a.m. Blow my neck. Sorry, well, <laughs> I just thought, that's, uh, honestly, hats off to you. That's I, fantastic. Kudos. I am, I, am, I am, thank you. I am an early bird and I think I always have been. Yeah. Into- part of my nature or maybe something I learned when I was in the Navy. But um, it could be done both ways. I, I have a very good friend, uh, Mike Vardy, who also writes on Time Management. Oh, yeah. he's, the exact, he's the exact opposite of me. He's a night owl, and he will work all through the night, and then I guess he sleeps during the day. Um, that's a jab at him. But, um, <laughs> but, but he's such a night owl that we will sometimes overlap. And I will get up at four and he'll still be up working and we, we tweet each other or something silly like that. But um, no, I, for me, it's all about the early early bird routine, getting up early, getting those most important things done before your, your day even begins. Because, you know, once the hustle and bustle of the day begins, then, you know, all plans tend to go out, out the window, life happens. And then, you know, especially for working out, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll hit the gym after I uh, after the work day. And then you know what happens by the time the workday ends, things have gone all haywire and you're all worn out and you're tired. And you're like, oh, not today, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. It must be very liberating. It, for me, it's a big motivator, yes. Mm-hmm. So, Craig, do you, do you believe there are particular life skills which can seriously you know, benefit a person's time management, their organization and productivity? Um, I do. I do. I think that, uh, I think there are skills that, that can be learned and I think that we even need to teach them more. Um, uh, I found it interesting that my, my 12 year old son is actually getting some time management lessons at school, but I do think there's, there's skills that everyone should, should try to incorporate into their, into their lifestyle and into their productivity organization there. Um, for me, I think some of those big ones are, you know, the first one that comes to mind is planning and, and I'm a big planner, but it's not about over planning, but it's about having a simple plan before you start your day so that you know what you need to get done so that you know where you need to be and when. And just having that, that, that basic plan, again, it doesn't need to be more than, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of planning. You know, you, you know what your top tasks are, you know where you need to be. So there's none of that last minute. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that meeting or I forgot about this task at the end of the day. So I think the planning is, is very important. Um, I mentioned tasks in that, but I think tracking your tasks, I, I, I'm amazed at people that try to keep it all in their heads. And I, and I think that having a to-do list is probably the most basic, you know, time management tactic. And, uh, you know, your brain isn't meant to keep hundreds of items or even dozens of items in your head. So get them on a to-do list so you don't have to remember them, but yet you can see them when you need to. And then I'll throw one more in there, which I think uh, a lot of people have kind of lost sight of, which is, you know, owning your own time, or what I like to call defending your time, which is, you know, hey, it, it's your time. You have so much time in the day, you have so much time in the world, and uh, you don't have to uh, give it away to everyone that wants it. And, you know, in this day and age, it seems everyone wants it, from the media to online stuff and whatever. But even, you know, you know, when you're asked to do something or, or an obligation outside of your own domain, you have to weigh that before you, you know, before you help others, you know, are you taking care of yourself first? And uh, it's not about being selfish as much as it's about, you know, putting your time you know, to your top priorities. Yeah, I think that's something we've heard in basically the last, you know, two or three podcast interviews that we've done is make sure you're choosing the right things that are going to have the biggest benefit to you or your company. I think it's just about learning to say no to people and not regretting it or feeling too guilty about it. After all, it is your time. It is the one commodity that you cannot buy and you can't, you have to, you have to just 
organize it and claim it as your own. That's I think that's definitely the key message there. Yeah, it's interesting, Maria, that you mentioned the guilt there. It's it's ironic that we have guilt about you know our own mm, resource yeah. and our in our own lives. But the thing I like to say is you know we get we get really bent out of shape if someone steals our money, right? But yet we we don't blink an eye when someone decides they're going to steal our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's a really nice way of thinking about it, actually. Um, right. So before you mentioned uh, back at the start of this uh, interview, you know your passion for time management and how that is uh, reflected in your writing. It makes it a lot easier to write and things like that. As a fellow writer here, um, do you suffer from any of the cliched writers' setbacks? You know, writer's block and those kind of things. Um, uh, or approaching deadlines um and if you do how do you get around them and if you don't what do you make sure you do that so you don't get them <laughs> that's another okay. terrible question that's another short question <laughs> from maria i am so bad at asking questions <laughs> sorry craig I, I like your questions, I like your questions. <laughs> um this is a weird question for me because i'm not a writer i'm not I, i'm not I, I was never a writer by trade or by background i I'm humble because I don't think I'm a, a great writer, but I'm, I'm not, so I'm not a writer by trade, but I've learned to write and I think it's served me a lot. It helps me in many other areas of, of life and other areas of business being able to write. So I guess after six years and many hundreds of articles, I have to admit that I do write. Um, my biggest tactic is capturing ideas. Um, you know, the, the biggest writer's block I hear from most people that are starting out or they want to blog is they're like, I don't know what to write about or I don't have enough topics or what. Um, I have too many topics because I capture them and I'm, I'm militant about if I have an idea, if, you know, I get it down, I get it on my list and I keep it, you know, I have a list of all my, uh, blog post ideas and, uh, it's, it's too long. I have way too many topics, but they, they, they're never all going to be written, but they're ideas that I have about, you know, this topic or that idea and I capture them. So I think from writers starting out, especially if you're trying to blog or write articles, you need to be very particular about capturing ideas. If you think I'm in the shower, if you think I'm at mealtime, you think I'm out before you go to bed, have have some way to capture them, whether it's a notebook or an app on your phone or whatever it is. So that's my that's my secret to content generation is I'm just always capturing ideas. Um, let's see. Um, my other thoughts on writing are is is I think that you just have to write. And what I mean by that is. Uh, if you ever, if I ever get to a, a block or, you know, feel like I don't want to write, it's about writing. So, um, make it messy. Just literally pour the words onto the page, onto the, the app and, and just go. Um, my first drafts are usually very messy, very just ideas, you know, spilling onto a page and you uncover the ideas and you mold the ideas and, and you delete things and you change things. And that's, that, that's my writing style is very, uh, uh, messy. Um, I think you do, you need to set aside time to write. Um, you heard about my morning routine already. Block time and, and have specific time when you're going to write. Um, do you do that, Maria? Do you have a specific time you write? Uh, I do prefer to write in the morning, not 4 a.m., yeah. but uh, I'm also a massive fan of um, just writing and just getting, like, um, I think Anne Hadley, Anne Hadley uh, calls it the first ugly draft. It's like the fugly draft because it yeah. just you need to get the bare bones now it doesn't matter if it's just you know a few sentences like and then going back to it and like kind mm-hmm. of forcing the words out it's it can be quite satisfying because you know it, you know even if you're struggling to begin with you know that you're going to get it written and I, I find that quite motivating 
Yes, and, and sometimes you'll start writing and you don't even know what you're writing about, and it'll become. I've, I've started a blog post and writing about one thing, and by the time you finish it, it's about something else. Yeah. Oh, I, um, hear, I hear you, Craig. I hear <laughs> you on that one. I, I tend, <laughs> tend to write uh, blog posts and give a great, them, give them a to great Maria. resource. <laughs> a great resource on that idea is um, Stephen King, one of the most prolific oh, authors yes. of all time. He wrote a book called On Writing, mm, and it it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful read. And one of the things he says in there is about writing. And I don't know if I'm quoting this right, but I'll paraphrase. Writing is like an archaeological archaeological dig, and that you start to uncover pieces and you uncover different parts, and you don't even know the whole until you've uncovered enough of it. And that's kind of that whole messy draft. You just start mm. putting pieces out there, and they kind of come together. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, tools. I, I do think that you. You need to have the right tools to write, and I don't know, some people still write on paper. Do, do you write on paper, Maria? Uh, I get my ideas down on paper. I don't know, it's something about the motor thing, writing the words down, yeah. and I don't know, because that's how you, for me, that's how I learned to write before yeah. the computers I'll, came about, and before computers came about, but yeah, I don't know, I, I will obviously type it up. Computers were invented before yeah. you born. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big believer in the right tools to write tasks, so I, I definitely use writing apps, mm-hmm. and I think there's there are many, many great ones on the market i could probably name a dozen but the three that are, are closest to me um are scrivener which oh, is yeah. a great app for especially for books and larger compilations um byword is one of my favorite apps for writing it is a plain simple text editor that uses markdown um and it is a wonderful app and then an up-and-comer that i've actually been using recently uh is ulysses and it's oh, another yeah. uh markdown app that you can have multiple documents in the same app and and it's it's a wonderful uh, markdown editor as well. Writing apps are really like interesting because there's so many. Then they're becoming much more popular. You use one, Dave, don't you? Yeah, I think it's Drafting. Which yes, there, I find there really are many. Nice. Just yeah, it's very clean and just you know allows me just to dump it down there and then give it to Maria who takes it, makes it look pretty, sorts out my grammar, spelling, whatever. But there's yeah. even just like basics like Evernote and just being able to organize the writing in a way that makes sense and is coherent and, you know, it'll make you get the ideas on the page as easy as possible. It's always going to be beneficial, I think. Absolutely. And it's about the tools that work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't absolutely. care if it's Word or Evernote or whatever you, whatever works for you is, is the app you should stick to and try to stick to a particular app. Um, the one last thing I want to say on writing, if I can t- tell you one more, of course, is um, and this one some people might not like, but I am a big fan of music when I'm writing. Oh, controversial! And, uh, I have uh, a playlist in Spotify that I pretty much put on almost every time I'm writing, and it just—it's not even so much about the the music as much as it gets me in the zone. Mm-hmm. And maybe my mind, when it hears that playlist, says, "Hey, it's time to write." And I don't know, my creativity just flows, and I, I do write with headphones on with music playing in the background. I don't know, some people might not like the distraction, but for me, it gets me in the zone and in the mood to write. That is so true. It depends, though. For me, I can only have music on if I'm writing, if, like, the deadline is tomorrow and I need to get it done and I need to be, like, really motivated. But if the deadline's, like, next week, I need utter silence. It's funny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. People, are, it's, people are really interesting there. Um, so, yeah, thank mm. you for answering all about writing. That was really interesting. That was Maria's favorite question. I was really you know, excited she to earmarked ask that. that for herself. <laughs> so, what's I guess what's the one essential thing that our listeners should all be doing to ensure that we're being as productive as possible? If there is one essential thing, um, I, I think we mentioned part of it earlier. In that, I think for me, the essential thing is to be to you know to maximize your productivity is 
prioritization. I think, you know, I think a lot, a lot of us have lost sight of putting things in the right order and doing the right things first. So for me, it's about prioritizing. Um, it's interesting. There's so many to-do lists out there and many of them today don't even have an option to prioritize. And it amazes me that they don't. And if you go all the way back to the Franklin Day Planner I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you know, they always had the column where you could put A, B, C, and one, two, three, and it was all about prioritizing your tasks. But I think we've lost sight of doing the most important things first. And I think that's the one thing that, that most people uh, could benefit from. Um, I like to say that, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to do the most tasks. It's about doing the most important ones. And uh, so actually for most people, they could probably do less in their day and get more of the important things done. Mm, no, absolutely. And it covers off something we were talking about before, about a lot of people saying they're so busy. You know, mm-hmm. are, are they busy just doing lots of non-important things or sort of trivial tasks when actually they should just pick off, you know, two or three at least a day that yeah. are that are important? Uh, you know, I think that most people would be better off. I wrote an article about the top five tasks in your day, and I think most people would be more productive if they concentrated on doing five most important tasks rather than buzzing through their day and trying to get, you know, 500 ta- little tasks done. Because so many of those, as you said, David, are trivial or in the big picture really don't mean anything. Do you know what I think it is? And, you know, we went through this when we were designing all things was, you know, we allowed you to tick off a task on your phone or on the web app. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we thought that was great. Tick it off. It's off your list. People like that feeling of seeing it disappear. But oddly, people kept emailing in asking for it to stay there, but they wanted a line through it, you know, and it's, it goes back to what you were saying, Craig, about people like to complete tasks. They like to see on a notepad that they've struck a line through it. So we were getting people saying, don't make it disappear. I want to still see it on my to-do list. But yeah, that's put a line that's through. a tough one. That's a tough one. I like what you just said there about about all things and how you you had both sides of that 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 want. Because yes, it is very powerful. In fact, I think I've got an idea about a post there where people want to see it cross off, and it's so it's so non fulfilling on some of those to do apps where you click something and then whoosh, it's just gone. I mean, I want something dramatic to happen or a line to go through it or you know to see the 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 remnant of what I just completed. I love that. I, I, I'd love to see something more dramatic than a line go through, though. I'd want, like, fireworks on the Explosion. screen or something. <laughs> I want to be as satisfied as possible. Um, okay, so now it's my fun question. Um, we had Chris van der Kyle on last week, um, who was responsible for getting Minecraft on consoles, and he answered this particular question rather well. Um, so, you know, the bar's high. Um, I was going to say, no pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't send this question over to you, so it might be, you know. Um, so, imagine there's a zombie apocalypse. What would you do to stay alive? How do you survive it? There's a zombie apocalypse. How do I stay alive? Um, that That's a good one. Um I think for me, it's, it would be all about uh, about um, getting to the high ground and getting away from the getting away from the mess. But uh, zombie apocalypse sounds pretty bad, so I don't know uh, what's going to be left at that point, or if any of our technology is still going to be around. Oh. Um, so I'm not sure we'll be counting on our iPhones or anything else to help us out. So. I think it, for me, it would be getting myself and my family into the safe 
nature away from civilization. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big zombie fan, though, so you're stumping me. Neither am I. You're in the Dave camp. But no, what you've said is good and it makes sense and you'd probably stay alive, so you pass. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be embarrassed to say I don't watch that much TV, so I haven't watched like all of these zombie shows recently. So it's okay, I'm, yeah. probably, I'm probably in trouble because I'm lacking on tactics and skills here. No, I'd be, I'd be with you, scratching my head, wondering what to do, to be honest. I've still not answered the question properly. Yeah, Dave's so, um, yeah, just letting the team down over here. But uh, no, that, that is a perfectly good answer. You pass. Uh, <laughs> um, you, but yeah, no, thank you very much. Yeah, no, listen, Craig, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, really enjoyed having you on. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I, I love what you guys are doing over there at all things. Excellent. We'll speak to you soon, Craig. Thank you very much, David. Maria, goodbye. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that episode with Craig. Maria? I really did. I thought it was fantastic. Really good insight into someone who's probably as up to their knees in productivity as we are. Absolutely. I thought he had a lot to offer. So as usual as we tend to do with our guests, I thought it would be worthwhile going over some of the sort of pertinent points and pulling those out. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, One thing which really struck, struck, striked, striked, struck me, uh, was uh, the fact that this was such a, you know, a passion for him from such an early age. You know, he talks about his Franklin Day planner, um, you know, and just always being to palm violets and trying, testing and playing with new things that could help him save time. Uh, From a young age as well, though. Really young age, yeah. Getting excited about planning from a young age. I mean, yeah, I mean, each, each their own. I, I, it's probably quite a good skill to have at a young age, to be honest. Probably could do with being taught more in schools yeah, uh, and high schools and stuff. From we, we got taught like smart targets and stuff like that from a young age, but probably like just even keeping a diary and, you know, planning and thinking ahead can be useful skills later on. So why not? Um, but yeah, I think definitely key from that was that his passion was really. You know, you could see it. And it's in his writing as well on his website. You know, he knows his stuff inside and out. And he's keen to give it all side of the argument, kind of, with all topics he covers. And, you know, uh, the great thing about his blog posts is that they cover, you know, everyday kind of uh, issues with productivity or tips with productivity. And, like, and there's such simple way of conveying information because he knows it inside and out and he doesn't confuse people. It's fab. I love the fact he's been blogging for six years now. And that all came about because he had sort of, I think he was, was he not looking at writing a book yeah. or, and he realized blogging had just become this sort of big mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, he's still at it six years later, which, yeah. you know, from a content marketing point of view, I know, fantastic. You know, he's, he's built some good credibility up there on the web for the articles he's written. He's well known in the space. And I love the fact he loves his tech. Uh, one thing he pointed out when he was talking about why he chose to kind of write about productivity and time management is that um rather pun play on words here you know it's a timeless topic um and it affects everyone and you know what you're all everyone's trying to save time make time uh, move things around get things done um and he really conveyed the idea of accomplishing things that people want to do through time management so um really asking the question do you own time or does it own you always quite a poignant question to ask sometimes it feels like time can run away from us it does and you know i guess when he talks you know craig talked about the fact that you've got to own your own time and defend it mm-hmm. you know you wouldn't you wouldn't give it away you don't give away your money you don't you you know you get yeah. upset when somebody takes your money away from you but you know why not when people steal your time 
Mm. Got to be more forceful saying no, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, right. I think it's probably time we address this guy's amazing morning routine. I don't know about you, but I was certainly put to shame. I thought I was doing quite well getting up at bloody uh, half past six on a, on a good day. Usually it's like seven. No, 4 a.m. <laughs> 4 a.m. Oh, could you imagine? Gordon Bennett. That would be, that's tough. Can you just strolling straight out of bed, sit down, start writing? I couldn't. I would need like the most motivational of alarms on my phone. Like, wouldn't I would need to be presented with a full cooked breakfast five minutes after getting up at four a.m. to actually get up? <laughs> like, I think what he said, which kind of you know, I had a laugh about it that evening, um, recounting our podcast, and one of the things that Craig said was. It's time when you've got kids that yeah, absolutely. you know refocuses you and actually mm-hmm. you think, oh, hold on a minute. Kind of um, grounds you, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, he, I know he made the point of, you know, being right, doing some writing, some planning, having a workout all before the kids get up and that kind of thing. And that's amazing trying to fit that in before, you know, your, your real day starts because it means you've got more time with them in, in the evenings or at weekends and things. And that's, you know, we talk about the value of time and, you know, time spent with your family and friends it's probably more valuable than the time definitely more valuable than the time you might be spending at work so mm-hmm. it's good to kind of realign it. i mean it makes it's a good argument for getting up at 4 a.m it's difficult but it's uh, <laughs> maybe when i've got kids i might get up at 4 a.m i was gonna say let me know how you get on with that one <laughs> um no i mean definitely the morning routine thing and he, mm. he picked up on it and a lot of people you know will say oh no i go to the gym in the evenings you actually ask those people how many of them actually make it to the gym yeah. or they do exactly what Craig said, which was, oh, I'm not really feeling it, a bit mm-hmm. tired tomorrow. Yeah, and yeah. then tomorrow turns in like to a month later and then a year later and then yeah. you never go to the gym and you've just wasted a year's membership. Yep, Crazy. absolutely. So no, it was good to get that morning routine and why he does it in the mm-hmm. morning. But yeah, you're right. Having Having already been to the gym written a couple of times by six o'clock mm-hmm. you know i thought it was quite interesting he also just you know to touch on something that you'll you'll probably like the whole he find himself quite a messy writer you yeah. know it's not he now does say he is a writer mm-hmm. admits that six years down the line that he is a writer but i think writers are always kind of aware of their how messy or unmessy they are when they whenever they start writing and i think and it, maybe there's maybe you just get better with time but probably once you find a way that works like a way of generating ideas and content and getting stuff written down on the page finding a way that works for you even if it is being a messy writer you don't necessarily want to change that I mean if I wrote a perfect blog post or perfect piece of writing every time straight away without any edits it probably wouldn't be that good because you get a lot from the editing process Mm -hmm. um but he you know with his to be productive whilst being a writer, you know, it all came down to him ca- capturing ideas and making sure that you capture those ideas when they come to you because they're quite fleeting um, and blocking time out as well. And, you know, this idea about music and we just had a waffle on about music and personal things. But I thought it was excellent to hear those kind of things. I mean, it's he seems like such a, a you know, real kind of guy. And it's not this, you know, he's got, a, he's got a process in place to help him, which could maybe help other people. Yeah, no, absolutely. So one thing that he did say was, you know, complexity and is the world getting more complex do mm-hmm. we feel that with you know with email with im with you know many notifications coming through yeah. every day you know is the world getting more complex and is that the reason why people are always seeking to be more productive mm-hmm. i think that could be a good future episode uh, but i on a, a short note i definitely think it is mm. i just feel like there's so many things we have to juggle now so many things we have to keep up with 
have to be seen to be keeping up with. It's um, it's uh, strenuous. I mean, Craig's great. He takes it all in his stride because it's his job with technology and things like that, which is fab. Um, but for the rest of us, it's it can be quite a drag. But in essence, what's changing? We we go to bed, we get up, we go to work. Mm-hmm. But there's work. these expectations that are changing all the time. So there's now an expectation like to get up early and to do things and to get a certain amount, a certain balance of work and life and to, you know, have a really good hobby and, and you know, do well at work and get that promotion and be the best of your peers and earn them that much money. It's always about that much more, doing this much more, being better and having better things, I think, in this world. I mean, that's probably quite philosophical and probably screams the fact that I was just a student like a few months ago, but I, I think it's quite competitive. And I, I mean, so you I, don't feel like generations before us had that? Oh God, they probably had it more. Point. They probably honestly had it more, especially coming out of like the war and things like that when money was available and jobs were coming back and new jobs were being developed. This is the thing. They went through generations of they needed a new person to do this job they needed a marketer to do that they needed a seller to do that and now things so many things are becoming kind of computerized i don't think that's the word but you know like it's everything kind of can be run by technology now lots of processes can um so i mean it's it's i don't know it's a really interesting subject but yeah is, is it too complex probably i'd say so and i think we do need time management to help with that yeah no mm-hmm. absolutely so what was what was the sort of one thing you took from Craig that you felt was quite insightful or um I took many things obviously. many things obviously yes but I really liked it when he made the point of the time management allows you to ask the question do you own time or does it own you yeah. such a good thing to bear in mind I think Probably. Craig touched on for me something that was has been reiterated time and time again. And I think if we were going to pull it out, the last sort of three or four guests have said, um, Catherine, Chris, have all said, mm-hmm. make sure that you, you know, almost do less in your day and do the most, or do five things each day, the most important five things on your list. Um, and that certainly came through as, you know, I think I wrote that down in big, bold writing. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it really is doing kind of less things brilliantly, maybe, and then instead of doing lots of things kind of badly. Fantastic. Good. So if you enjoyed our interview with Craig, yeah. I would definitely recommend you go and see him over at timemanagementninja.com. Yeah. His website. There was a good little story in the podcast as to how the name came about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, by all means, go and, go and check out Craig's site. Um, Craig and his team do a fantastic job. You'll probably see we're sponsoring it occasionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, if you'd like to leave us a review, that's always really helpful. Uh, you can do that on uh, iTunes or Stitcher, and that would be really good for us. Or just pop us a message on Twitter at allthings underscore IO. We'd really appreciate your feedback. It's a little flinch there, wasn't it? I was all just things. trying to... I know. All things dot IO? I kind of was, but I, I didn't. Was, I, I saved it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much. All right, much. guys. Thanks for feedback. Take care. See you soon. Bye. If you want more of All Things Productivity, check out allthingsproductivity.com for articles, videos, and of course, the All Things Productivity app. And don't forget to leave us some feedback. Comment at allthingsproductivity.com or tweet us at allthings underscore io. Thanks for listening.